Let's take our Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 in verses 13 and 14 today. And we're going to talk about being narrow-minded. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. I'll go ahead and read the text. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate that is narrow and the way that is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Let's ask the question, where am I going when I die? We don't like to think about death, do we? Something that inconveniences us. Most of us, we don't like to just randomly hang out at the hospital or at a funeral home. But here is, as we walk through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you'll notice that Jesus is bringing his teachings to a head. And a lot of the stuff we've been able to have a lot of fun with, because it's that, Jesus is teaching its truth. But in chapter 7, he begins to bring everything to a point and say, I've taught you all of these things about the kingdom of God, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But what really matters is not that you know what I teach, but that you actually do what I tell you to do. Notice if you have your Bible open, go with me to verse 24 and 26 of Matthew 7. This is Jesus giving the the story of the the two foundations and he says in verse 24 everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on a rock verse 26 and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand Jesus is bringing everything to a point saying what will you do with me And for some of you that have been in church for a long time, you may have heard different sermons. I just want to give you a notice. The one this morning is a call to commitment because that's exactly what Jesus is doing. Notice how he describes, he says, you you have these two options. You have the option of the wide road. It's an easy road. It's a super highway paved with easiness. Or you have the narrow, difficult road through a small gate, but that leads to life. And I have a visual this morning to hopefully illustrate what Jesus is getting at. We've got a fairly long rope. We had it out before band practice, but we didn't want to trip anybody up, so we pulled it to the side. But uh, if you notice this rope, it actually goes around the corner. It's a very long rope. Imagine we've got about four inches here that's white. The rest of the, ro- the rope is, is camouflage because you need camouflage in Franklin County. And uh, imagine this rope not just ending 40 feet coiled over to my right, your left, but imagine it goes on forever. This is an illustration that I saw Francis Chan do. Now imagine that. It just goes and it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes. It doesn't stop. Kind of like the national debt. Like just goes and goes. There's no real number. It's, it goes for infinity. And here's the question. This four-inch segment... Compared to the rope that continues on, the four-inch segment represents our time on earth, what we know as our life. It's the dash between the two dates on the tombstone. And whatever happens here determines where we will spend 
eternity. Now, let's stop and think for just a few moments. Do most of us live with just this section in mind, or do we understand that what happens here determines what happens forever? And some people say, well, I do think about that, Jeff. I think about, you know, about to right here, about to, to the point of two inches, I had lived a messed up life, I had had mistakes, I had done things that I was ashamed of, but I started to change change and turn around my life. I turned over a new leaf. Jesus says time and time again throughout his teachings that it doesn't cut it. Now think for just a few moments um, how crazy it would be to live for just this. And sometimes if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you're really trying to live on mission, Live on a mission to reach your neighbors for Jesus Christ, to win your family to Christ, to not just go to your job and bring home a paycheck, but to be a witness there because you know those people are going to one of two places, heaven or hell, for all eternity. And you're trying to do, you're trying to serve Jesus. You will notice that when other people in your life, they don't even think about past four inches. They don't even think about eternity. What what they will begin to do is they will begin to push you to the side. They will begin to make comments about how radical you are as a follower of Jesus Christ. And they'll say things like, why would you ever give money to go on a mission trip and try to change people? Why would you, why, why would you go to church? You lose money when you go to church. Y'all okay? Like, why, why would you do that? That's crazy. Well, here's the thing. If it stops here, then really there's no point in life at all. Think about it. Are you going on this trail with me? If there is nothing past here, if the grave is the end, then honestly, even if you have a great life and you drive a great car and you you live in a nice house and you have a lazy boy recliner, can I get a witness? And you live in a town that has places like McDonald's and cookout that you can go for sweet tea. You don't even have to get out of your car. And it's called America, right? And you, and you order it. And you, and you bring it home and, and you, you live and you have good health care and all of those things. But even still, at the back of your mind, you know that it's going to end and there's no real point to it at all. Because everything that you've worked for is going to be stripped away by the cold hands of death. You'll never see your family again. The things that you have lived so hard for are going to be erased along with you. And it doesn't really matter. The atheistic philosopher Albert Camus said the real question in philosophy is whether or not we should commit suicide. Because if you know it's all pointless, so what if you live 30, 40 years? So what if you're running marathons as an 85-year-old man? So what if you're a lady and you're doing triathlons in your 70s? It doesn't, eventually, ultimately, it doesn't matter. So if that's true, and you're living for Jesus Christ, you're weird. You're crazy. No, that's, you're stupid. Because you're wasting just this, the way that an unbeliever sees your life. You're wasting a little bit of time you have to have fun on things that are not fun. But here's the thing. If it doesn't, end at death and it extends for all eternity then the christ follower is not the one who's crazy are you tracking with me this morning 
In fact, the Christ follower comes to the words of Jesus and they see words like, go with me again to verses 13 and 14, enter by the narrow gate. Because Jesus says, here's the reason, he gives explanation. He says, for or because the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. You're driving down the road and there's no potholes. Better road than a road full of potholes, right? Remember the first time I'd ever been out of the United States, I was in Haiti and I was in 2002. And uh, we, we were going from, from one village to the next to do some ministry. And I did not, I thought I knew what potholes were because I grew up in Louisiana. I thought I knew. But I mean, it, it was um, like, we, we were thinking that the axles were going to break. I mean, creeping along, it was almost like the road had been shelled by artillery. Unbelievably slow going, a difficult road. And I didn't even have a seat. I have a seat. I was just doing like, like air squats the whole time over on the side. Unbelievable. Here's the thing. Naturally, we would go the easy road. I mean, it wouldn't be like, Lord, I want to go as have the most difficult life that I can possibly have. No. Hey, Jesus is saying that be careful. And here's the point, the main idea, because appearances are deceiving. Are they not? Jesus is saying, there's going to be a way, and it looks awesome. It is wide, it is without roadblocks, it's without precipices that drop off to the side, it's without potholes, and notice he says, it's easy, but where does it lead? Help me out, church. Leads to what? Destruction. So here's the thing, no matter how fun the road is, no matter how many road signs that you see, no matter how many places there are to stop, no matter how many Chick-fil-A's that are on the way, that may even be open on Sunday, who knows? It ends in absolute and total catastrophe and destruction. But Jesus says there's another option, verse 14, for or because the gate is narrow and the way is hard or difficult that leads to life and few there be that find it jesus in the sermon on the mount for the first time is giving an actual invitation a call and say the choice is yours what are you going to choose you know sometimes uh, in america we, we we have bibles don't we you go into a lot of homes and, and it may not be used but it's there in fact, Charles Spurgeon said that there is, enough, there is enough dust on some of your Bibles. Check this out. There is enough dust on some of your Bibles to spell out the word damnation. Welcome to Rocky Mount Baptist Church. Think about it. I mean, we got Bibles. You can go into, I mean, you can go to Habitat for Humanity. You can go to the bookstore. You can go to Goodwill. There's Bibles everywhere. And sometimes we can treat the words of Jesus and Christianity like it's a collectible. Mark Driscoll gives this illustration. He says it's kind of like we, we have these collectibles, these, these theological truths about the Bible. For example, God is one. God is not many. God is not three-headed. God does not have a split personality. God is one. He exists in Trinity. God is real. Jesus is God's son. The Bible is God's truth, so forth and so on. But he says it's almost like we have all of these collectibles and we say, I believe that. I like that. I say amen to that. When we sing the songs, that it resonates with my soul. I say, I agree with that. But it's almost like we have collectibles inside a safe like an old gun. And he said, well, don't just 
keep the guns in the safe. Jesus means for us to follow and obey him. Take it out of the case and shoot something. Don't shoot someone, but do something with it. It's not something just to be admired. And so to explain it, you say, no, Jeff, exactly what, what does Jesus mean when he says the wide road? The wide road, and this is in your notes, it's a life of rebellion to God. In other words, it's a life of saying no to God. That is easy up front, but it ends in catastrophe. As opposed to the narrow gate and the narrow way, which is a life of discipleship. Discipleship means, means becoming a follower of Jesus that is difficult the whole way, but in the end it leads to joy. So how could you summarize the words of Jesus? It gets very narrow very quick. In fact, that's the title of our message today, Narrow-Minded. Have you ever been accused of being narrow-minded as a Christian? People say, well, are there many ways to heaven? What about the Buddhists and Hindus and Muslims and the Jews? And we say, well, I believe that there's one way to heaven. In our culture today, most of the time, we will be called narrow-minded. I'm going to give you some encouragement. That's not something that some Baptist pastor made up. We didn't create this. This is not a Baptist thing. This is not an evangelical thing. This is not a church thing. It's Jesus. Jesus said, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. So in our multicultural culture, we have to remember that it's what Jesus says. And it's not just something that we believe and therefore it makes it right. We believe it because it's true. So in other words, what should we expect on the wide road? Well, one of the things that we can expect if we're living on the wide road is there are no, no restrictions. Wide open hedonism. Hedonism simply means if it feels good, do it. There's no rules. You get to pick and choose what you want to believe. You can avoid difficult things. There's no strict restrictions. It's just your life doing what you want. Not only that, but on the wide road, there's not really probing, uncomfortable questions. In other words, the wide road is something that is not culturally offensive. It's conforming to standard patterns of belief to where we will not stick out. Now here, here's something that I want to make very clear. Usually in church, we think of the wide road to destruction as being paved with, with overturned beer kegs, hypodermic needles, baskets full of playboys, Plans on how to dominate your enemies financially. The wide road is just as easily paved. And I know we're in church. It's just as easily paved with religion. Y'all please hear this. With religion that tells you that you're a good person. The Bible tells us that none of us are good. You awake church? Nobody. You're not. You are not good enough to get into heaven. In fact, you obey the laws. You say, Jeff, I, I, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't have playboys. I, I, I don't, I don't go out and get drunk. I don't, I mean, I don't scream at my wife. I pay my bills. Guess what? You're in the same category of people that Jesus was slamming against. And that was the Pharisees because the Pharisees thought by being good and doing the right thing, they would be good enough to get into heaven. And the whole Sermon on the Mount is undercutting that whole premise, bringing us to our knees that say, that says, yes, I went to school. Yes, I pay my bills. Yes, I'm a productive member of society. But I know that because of my pride and because of my sin, that Jesus died on the cross and I need to be saved. 
You see, a lot of times we think that, that the wide road is paved with all sorts of crazy stuff, like the wide open living where we drive fast cars and chase fast women, guys. It's not. Let me, let me give you a statement by C.S. Lewis. He says, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. In other words, Satan doesn't really care how he keeps you from Jesus. If it takes becoming an alcoholic, he'll use that. If it takes you coming to a church every single week and hearing sermons but not responding to what Jesus says through the scripture, Satan is totally okay with that. See, the way Christianity is often presented, it's presented often as life enhancement. That if you give your life to Jesus then things will begin to go better in your life. Jesus is your friend. He's your add-on to help you with life's problems. Question, does Jesus help us with life problems? Absolutely. But that's not the point of the gospel. The point of the gospel is where am I going when I die? Who is God? And if Jesus is him, then I dedicate myself to him. Not only that, if you're on the wide road, notice Jesus says there are many that go there. It means no, no, no real loneliness. You know, some people are afraid to stand alone. In uh, the jail ministry, uh, it's absolutely a great thing because one of the things that I've been able to see is how the Lord allows choices to be made and those choices bring men to rock bottom to where they begin to look for answers. Loneliness. One gentleman told me, he says, the reason why a lot of the guys are in here is because they could never be a leader. Here's the thing. You don't have to get in jail to realize that. But here's the question. In your circle of friends and your family, are you willing to step out and stand out and actually not just, not just a church member, not just a church attender, but to say, I am living for Jesus Christ? Because a lot of us were afraid of loneliness, are we not? We're afraid of being looked at as different. A lot of times, uh, well, if, if you're if you're a student, you, you want to make a fashion statement or to say, I'm not like everybody else. Isn't that the reason why people, sometimes people do certain things? To say, because I'm not, I am my own person. I'm not just like everybody else. Well, if you notice that with every fashion statement, there's pretty much a group for that. That true originality and true being a rebel against the culture is to become a follower of Jesus Christ. That's where it begins to get exciting. John MacArthur says this. It's a great statement. He says, neither of these gates, the wide gate or the narrow gate, says hell. But one of them goes there. Nobody is selling hell, right? No religion says, join our religion and go to hell with us. Nobody says that. They all say heaven and that's the deception. You see, the wide road, it's easy. It's an easy life. But in the end, Jesus says it ends in absolute emptiness and destruction. You see, you don't have to be unusually evil. You don't have to, you don't have to do something where people are like, wow, grab the kids, let's go. Like that, that person, they're dangerous. You don't have to do that. All you have to do, according to Jesus, to be on the wide road that leads to destruction is just be like everybody else. Be like everybody else. Just be cool when cool is in school. Because if you notice, cool changes, does it not? 
The things that we used to think were cool, we like now we have 80s parties. Some of y'all didn't know that. Some of you're still there. Like 80s parties where we wear, you know, like 80s stuff. Almost as a joke. Because when you're like, oh, 80s party. But when you were in the 80s, man, stonewashed jeans, you were bad. You know, and, the, and those workout outfits in the 80s, the headbands, guys, like all that. Like it was in, you were cool. People are like, dude, nice headband. You know, or fanny packs. Lord have mercy, the 90s. Now if you wear a fanny pack, you get beat up. Or at least you should, if you're a guy, right? Like all these things, they change, they change. But here's what's the, the thing that's so crazy to me. Like in every year, like in every decade, every epoch of time, we, uh, we, we just, we, like we drift along. We, we, we want to be in, we want to be accepted. We don't want to stand out like the sore thumb. And even the ones who do, that's an area of personal comfort. You say once again, man, it seems like Jesus is talking about just being so, so narrow. Well, what can you expect if you, if you, if you deviate off of the wide road and you follow Christ and you enter through that narrow gate and begin on that narrow road? Now, um, for those of you who've been like to a convention center or, or a huge uh, sporting event, you know the turnstiles, right? The things you come, it's got the little bars and like you got this huge crowd and it comes to a bottleneck. And it's just, you can have a massive crowd, but one comes through at a time. Just enough to get a person through. Click, click, click. One person after another. You see, Jeff, why did Jesus say it was narrow? Because there's going to be things that we have to leave behind. Have you ever thought about what Jesus demands of us, you and me, if we say that we want to become a Christian? A Christ follower? Have we ever thought about what that, re- what, what does that mean? What does that, what is that going to cost us? Go back to chapter 5. Chapter 5, the beginning of chapter 5. Notice Jesus says in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit. That means a breaking of your pride. That means when you enter through the narrow gate, that turnstile, pride can't come through with it. Verse 4, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Has there been a time in our life to where we've been truly broken over our sin? Verse number 5, blessed are the meek. It means power under control. Like a horse under the control of the rider. Has there been a time where we've given our life to Christ? In verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Oh man, when we come to Jesus, there's a heart change that results in an appetite change. To we want what we previously thought was lame. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In other words, there are certain things that can't come through. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if you've uh, been on a flight Post 9-11, you know that, that TSA is there to greet you. And I was on a flight not too long ago, and I was selected. Have you ever been selected? Selected? On a TSA? Pat-down mission? Well, I was selected, and so I'm out like this, and I thought about saying certain comments that would make it funny for everybody but the TSA person. But I'm a pastor. And then they brought me over to the side and he began to swab my hands. And I said, what is that for? And this guy, man, this guy, some, some TSA people work with you. But this guy was like all business. And he said, it's to check for residue of explosives. You know what I wanted to say? Well, praise Jesus for good soap. 
I didn't do it. But all of us know that there are certain things that you can't bring through security. Jesus is saying there are certain things that you cannot bring into my kingdom. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, you must start by realizing that by becoming a Christian, this is so cool, that by becoming a Christian, you must, you become something exceptional and unusual. Here's the coolest thing. Some of us, some of us right now, like right now, like not last week, not in the future, right now, think, man, I know that I should give my life to Christ. I know he's been leading me and drawing me to him, but I just don't think I can do it. I don't think I can be that good. That's the point of the gospel. That's the point. And we've driven that nail home time and time again, but we have to get it because when you realize that you can't be what Jesus says you have to be, that's where Jesus can come in, where we understand that we need him, that we need him, not a religious experience, but we need Christ. And all of his forgiveness and his mercy and his love and just coming into our lives and washing us clean. When we need that and we ask for that, Jesus gives that. We are able to do things that we never thought possible. Some of us say, you know what, man, I'm dragging around bitterness and hatred. Drama seems to pop up everywhere because I just don't think I can give those people an apology or forgive them for what they've done. But through Jesus Christ, you can be free. You've been through a divorce. Through Jesus Christ, you can be free. You don't have to be held back and bound. But it's a difficult road because we still have this the sin in our life that we struggle with. But through Jesus, you know what? Even the loneliness. You see, on the wide road, there's plenty of people doing the same stuff. But many of you have have found out that when you follow Christ, sometimes it means loneliness. It means that not many people want to do what you now see as valuable. You see, making a break with the crowd, for some of us, and whether that's clubbing on the weekends, or whether that is running with people that you know they need to be saved, but you've not yet given voice to what you know is true. It it means making a break with the crowd. And then the question, though, we say, well, 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 if my friends, if my friends all no longer want to be my friends, then, then won't, then won't I be lonely? Listen, when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, He gives you a new family. Amen, church. He gives you a bond that is thicker than human blood. We say blood is thicker than water. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you get a family. People to live life with. People that are going the same direction. And not only that, God gives you the ability to reach off and pull people um, from destruction. Let me give you a verse from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. We went through this on Wednesday night. The Bible says, For the time is that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do. Living in, check this out, sensuality. Sensuality is, is sexualized. It's a sexualized life. Passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking party, a.k.a. beer pong, uh, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you, but they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living, the living 
and the dead. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. It means that, hey, listen, even if your family forsakes you, Jesus is there. But notice that Jesus says the narrow way leads to salvation. It leads to life. What will we do for Jesus Christ? How valuable is he to us? I was at a conference several years ago, um, and they had Jason Castro there uh, singing. He's actually a believer, and uh, he was on Americans, American Idol. I remember walking by the area where he was standing, and there was a girl, uh, and she was, she was doing the, that that a lot of ladies do when you get nervous. And she was flipping out. Have you ever seen a lady flip out? Like the, the voice changes. You know, a lot of times guys are, oh, dude, yeah. I mean, ladies, I, I can't really do, ah, you know, it, it, it goes up. It go, it's different. And she was saying, she was saying, I actually met him. I actually met him. I actually met him. And she kept saying it. She was glad to meet Jason Castro. I met this lady at my first church, and I was there visiting, and her brother-in-law, actually, it was one of those kind of awkward moments. He's like, well, do you remember when you used to go to those Elvis concerts? And she was like, oh, yes. That was strange. (laughs) When you watch those old tapes, like ladies rushing the stage, you watch bands today where people are going crazy just to get a a, a drop of, of Bono's sweat. It's just, and it's kind of like if we meet somebody like that, we just go crazy. Like if they said, hey, would you mind picking up that? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Like giving them our money. They don't even need it. Like just, just losing our minds. How easy is it for stardom and fame or sports stars to make us just almost fall in infatuation? But yeah, those people really haven't done anything for us. They don't know us from Adam. They're not family. So here's the question. Change all of that around in Jesus Christ. The one who came to live among us. The one who fulfilled prophecy. The one who gave his life for us. The one who offers us forgiveness. The one who offers us a clean slate and a clear conscience. Jesus Christ, when he calls us to live for him, the question should not be, well, let me think about it. It should be, yes, I'm here. Amen, church? Like, I'm ready to report for duty. And guess what? If these people laugh at me, I'm going to be like the apostles in Acts. It was, when they got made fun of by the people in their culture, they actually got excited. People probably thought, thought they were double crazy, right? Like they're in, they're in jail. Like they're in jail after getting beaten, you know, whipped. And they're just, they're singing praises to God about how they, 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 they've been counted worthy to suffer for Jesus. I mean, how many of us, if persecution really came to the United States and we were thrown in jail and we're there, the, 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 the amendments of the Constitution have been revoked. We're being cruelly treated. Rights no longer, no longer there. How many of us would be like, I just got to be persecuted for Jesus. And all the other prisoners are like, dude, I don't know what that new drug is, but I need to get some. Like, that dude is crazy. We think, man, we, our values begin to change because we know that life is not just about the four inches on the rope or, for those of you entering retirement or already there, it's not living the three inches so that we can enjoy the last inch in something called retirement. 
But it is saying, I'm living for a king. I'm living for a kingdom. I'm living for people who don't know Jesus. Because if you're down and you're depressed, tell somebody about Jesus. Reach out to somebody. Because when you are on the narrow road, yes, it's difficult. Yes, there is loneliness sometimes. But at the end of the road, there is salvation and unending joy. Because we'll be with Jesus. Some of us, we enjoy going to fun places amusement parks if you like that some of you like going out on a nice day of fishing on the lake some like to go shopping at the mall we think nice places heaven is not just about being a nice place but it's about being with jesus christ the one who says that even on the narrow road and you think that you're going to fall off of it i am there because we are the sheep and he is the shepherd and the day he's calling us for some of us we are we're on The narrow road, but it has become extremely difficult. You are being tempted by things from the old life, by friends, by old temptations and habits that Jesus has given you incredible victory over, but you're being tempted. Through the power of Jesus Christ, when we have this invitation time, just ask him, say, Jesus, please keep me where I should be kept. And for some that have not yet entered through the narrow gate, the narrow gate is Jesus Christ. He says in John chapter 10, I am the door. He's the way, the truth, and the life.